What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hello, everyone, and welcome another episode of 100 words or less i am your host ray harkins and i'm recording this at night normally i do this during the day so i feel like i'm uh, I'm a little more chill relaxed and i hope whatever time you're listening to this you're also chill and relaxed too i also did this hand motion that you can't see that signifies the chill and relaxedness our guest this week is mike hartsfield he is the owner of new age records a very important independent record label from the mid-90s and uh, is also still somewhat active today. He also is a member of Outspoken and he also played in a million other bands eh, like Strife and Against the Wall, a bunch of other stuff. He's, he's, a very, he's a fixture within the Southern California independent music and more specifically hardcore scene. Uh, more about him in a minute. Let's talk about Property of Zach. I know all of you are probably sick about hearing this website but, you know, people join the show at certain times, and sometimes people that have never listened to the show will listen to this episode and never listen to another one. And that's fine. Propertyofzack.com. Visit them for all of the most recent, up-to-date, breaking news in regards to independent music. And they've got a lot of great editorial, album reviews, tour announcements, all that type of stuff. So go visit there. I visit there on a daily basis. Show, show them some love because we appreciate the support they give our show. 
Also, review the show. If you go boot up your iTunes, hop in there, give a few stars, and maybe if you're feeling a little generous, you can write a few sentences about the show. Uh, I really would appreciate that. We have like 92, 93 com or yeah, reviews on the uh, on iTunes here in the states, and I really wanted to break a hundred. We're close. We're getting there. Again, I really appreciate the United Kingdom. You guys are stepping up. You guys seem to really like the show, and so many more people from the UK are checking it out, and that is amazing. So thank you. I like to check in from time to time with one of my good friends. Uh, I used to do a podcast with him. His name is Scott Arnold. He's a very intelligent man, and he also combs the internet for the finest of things to recommend to you beautiful folks. And uh, I sat down with him about a week or so ago, and he gave me these amazing nuggets. And I've both checked them out since our conversation, and they're both absolutely incredible. So without further ado, here's a segment with Scott. I'm just going to dive right into the interview with Mike afterwards. All right. Talk to you then. So I am sitting here. It's been a while since yes, we've last met. This is our cultural correspondent, Mr. Scott Arnold. Back from my globetrotting, doing research for the podcast. He's we, we've, we've flown him around the world, and basically... Well, actually, it's a better way of putting it. We've flown around the internet, yeah. And this is what Scott has uh, come up with. So, uh, what's your what's your first item of recommendation, Scott? I have two things. Okay. My first one is a new digital magazine. Okay. It's called Aeon. That is A E O N Magazine dot com. Okay. Their idea is that every day they publish a new essay, long form essay. Wow. With like high end writers that they pay. And then, so the sort of headings on their website are worldviews, nature, being human, living together. Interesting. Yeah. And it's all free content? All free. So I read one about the FARC rebels in Colombia mm-hmm. and how peace is kind of coming to Colombia and these people are still passionate about fighting. Okay. I don't really have a cause anymore. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So a lot of good stuff. They sell ads on there? Like, is it, is it just. I, I don't know. How they're monetizing their site? Yeah. It, it's a really clean design. I didn't notice any ads. That's cool. But so each one of those headers, they're publishing an article a day, or is it one no, article just a day? One article a day of it's that politics. falls into that yeah. category. Got it. If you like to read, check it out. It seems to be the uh, the wave of the media future. You know, they've like ten sites that they write for, and they write insanely in depth. You know, or mm-hmm. you know, like four thousand words on this subject or whatever. It just mm-hmm. seems to me it's like you know Grantland, like Bill Simmons, site, yeah, and like those other sites that just seem to like matter. Like you know what you pointed out to me previously. Did you see Matter was acquired? Did yeah, that email. I did. It's weird, huh? Yeah, I don't know what that means for it, but I don't either. Did you read the new story? I haven't yet. I'm behind. The last two are really seem good. really interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so it's just like this idea that people want to read. Really, yeah, and it's like even though the idea that you know, like Time Magazine or whatever, like that's still reputable. I don't know; it just seems to be like obviously that is now transferring. Like how that will look on the internet. It's kind of weird because I think the path to doing that kind of work before was a journalism degree, followed by years of kind of paying your dues, Mm -hmm. and then eventually getting like a nice job at like the New York Times, right? Where you know you can make a really healthy living, live in New York, and fly around the world exploring your stories. But I don't think those jobs are out there anymore. Yeah. So you're kind of up to your own devices to be able to do that work and publish it and live a nice life. Yeah. So. Like I just did, I don't know if you saw on Grantland, that article in the Iditarod dog race. No. It's insane. Because, I mean, it's like, it's like a four-part story. I mean, it's it just 
insanely in depth because basically the idea is that this journalist followed around the dog race from Nome to Anchorage or whatever, really? which is like a you know it's a massive undertaking, yeah. and so he flew with it. But it's just one of those things where it's like trying to wrap your head around like the resources that it takes to do that, and like oh my god, like how is this sustainable? Like from a just a purely business standpoint, where it's like this this it costs thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars to make this happen. One story. For one story for a dude to do this, and I don't know, it's just, it's crazy. But I mean, that's obviously the model of magazines, how they've existed for years. And yeah, but the difference is in a magazine, it's published once a month or maybe once a week. Right. The internet, that story's big for a day or two, and then... That's what you would hope, yeah. And then it goes, gone. right. It goes in the archives. Right. Yeah. Anyways, so that magazine, I will check it out. I've not checked it out yet. And then what uh, What else do you have? This is even a higher recommendation. Ooh. This is my new favorite podcast, and okay. you know I'm a long-time podcast fan. Yep. It's called Hardcore History, and basically there's this guy named Dan Carlin who calls himself a history fan, not an academic. Not a buff. History buff. You right. hear that word, and it's like a little... So basically, he takes one subject. Uh, the most recent one was about the Mongols, and he just tells the entire story, however long it takes, 12 hours, 20 hours, breaks it up into podcasts, and it's... Like, most entertaining thing to listen to. I would consider a person like myself. Like, I, I enjoyed history in high school, but I would by no means find myself reading nonfiction books based on history. I just don't, uh, not like that I don't find it interesting, but maybe just in the presentation, I don't know. Like, I don't find myself wanting to read that, so yeah. I don't know if I'd want to listen to something like that. That's a good point. I think it's presented, I like history, mm. um, but I think it's presented in a way that someone who wasn't would be entertained by it. Right. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's like you can watch a history channel on anything and it's kind of interesting. Sure. It's in that vibe. That vein. Yeah. So you could kind of drop in wherever. Would you recommend that, like, a person jump in at, like, the starting point of one of his, like... Yeah, so they're in blocks. There's, like, um, one about the Blitz at World War II. Mm. Um, there's one about the Mongols. And some there's some smaller ones in between. And I would definitely recommend starting from the beginning. Because they're sequential and there's a lot of names and stuff you have to know remember. About. Yeah, it's great for long drives. Interesting. Also, he has a current events podcast called Common Sense. Mm -hmm. So basically, whenever like a is it a daily or is it a weekly? Well, whenever it's appropriate. So oh okay. Uh, recently, the North Koreans are you know getting a little crazy. Right, again. right, right. And then he'll just talk about the kind of military realities of that and what we have to worry about and what mm -hmm. will likely happen and you know me being a worrier i was like oh i'm gonna get drafted <laughs> right life's gonna be over we're gonna die soon sure and then after listening to that i'm like they're just hungry you're, you're yeah your your fears are calmed mm -hmm. you're not gonna go into war literally they're just hungry and they want us to send them more food right check it out those are those are both great recommendations and those that will round out scott's cultural corner yeah thank see, you see you in a few months after yeah. thank more, you for corresponding more journeys <laughs> like I guess interaction memory like mm -hmm. what I have with just you know you as an entity there's mm. two two specific things one was I distinctly remember buying because I mean I'm, I'm 32 so it's like I was 
Outspoken had already been broken up by the time that like I started to get into stuff. Because uh-huh. you guys played your last show in like what ninety four? Ninety four, yeah. And so yeah, I, like in ninety six, I want to say it's like I bought. I think I, I think I bought a Light and Dark. Uh huh. Um, I thought it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of those things where I was like, at that time you like you couldn't sample anything. So right. I, I remember distinctly like getting that and because this at the time I was way more into like the metallic hardcore type mm-hmm. stuff. So it's like excessive force and strife were like speaking right. to me. Right. And I listened out and like I was like, why do people say outspoken is such a good band? Like this record just doesn't. But then I got the current EP, mm-hmm. and then it was just like then I was like, I get it now. Like <laughs> it makes total sense. Like it just it, it was one of those. We were things. on a journey to get to that record. Right, right. Which was it, it, it's 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 so cool to see like bands make that distinct leap towards just like this is what they've always wanted to do. Right, right. <laughs> this right, is what right. they wanted to create. Yeah. And so I just yeah that that was always distinct in my memory. And then there's another where. Um, it was Amendment 18 was around, and that's when like Taken was playing a lot of shows at like uh-huh. Coos and stuff like that. And I remember you. I came home one day, and it, my mom like there was a note on my door, and it said, "Mike Hartsfield called." And it was one of those <laughs> things where like you were calling to like either just like be like, "Hey, let's set up a show at Coos or whatever." Right. It was just one of those simple things, but like I didn't I didn't know you, uh-huh. and it was like and but I knew of you, uh-huh. and I was just like, I was like, "Mom, what the fuck do you mean, Mike Hartsfield called?" Like. Do you know who this guy is? He's not supposed like holy shit! It was just one of those things where it's like, but because it was like obviously we're just you know two hardcore kids, right? right, right. But at the time I was just kind of like, what? Like this is this is crazy. What do you mean? Like sure, of course we'll play a show and coos together. But it's just and it just you know it it puts you back in that sort of like teenage mentality where it's just yeah, oh my god, like I can't believe that. Right, right. (laughs) I mean I'm sure there was distinct moments where it's like people like you interacted with someone who you were like oh wow like it's that dude oh yeah yeah who, who like do you have a distinct memory of like that? well i've had some of those that are not too far away i've had some of those recently right where you're kind of like it just brings you back to realize that those things still matter <laughs> right and i mean i had an instance uh probably six years ago uh-huh. i walked into guitar center in yeah. fountain valley and i saw gavin from Doe for an Answer, K Nation. Right. And I got so flustered I couldn't talk to him. <laughs> I I met him in 1988. Right. And I saw him six years ago and I was like, <laughs> like, because he's yeah. that guy to me. He's sure. the guitar guy that when I was trying to be a guitar player, he was already doing records and doing great things. Right. And uh, he's one of the guys that I have always looked up to. Right. But... I mean, if I was expecting to meet him there, I'm sure I could have... Like, prepared yourself yeah, for it. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. mean, I'm like... And later, I'm like, why didn't I... Just, you know, like, and it was probably like... If he saw me, he's probably like, oh, why is Mike being a dick? Why is he even walking... He's yeah, running yeah. away over <laughs> in a corner to, you know... Right, right. Have a moment, but... Uh, yeah, and... Uh, but he is... I mean, I think, like, obviously with age, it comes one of those things where it's like, yeah, you might you might go to that sort of, like, you know, shy mentality, but they're right. just like, well, they're just a dude. Like, yeah, yeah, and that's what I think about, like, well, we could have had a great conversation, but instead I, I yeah. nerded out and got too excited. But, I mean, even with, like, uh, like Facebook and things like yeah, that. Like, yeah, yeah. I got a friend request from the singer of Hard Stance that I've right. never met before. Right. But Hard Stance is one of my all-time favorite bands. And I wanted to take a screenshot of it and go like, yeah. This is incredible. Yeah, it's the guy from Hard Stance. Right. And 
you know, like I friend requested the singer from Straight Ahead two weeks ago, and he accepted my friend request. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's those moments. Right, right. Everyone right. has them to whatever degree, whatever genre, whatever interest anyone's into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like the, you know, I guess it means that you still, it still may, means something, and right. there's still connections, and you're still excited about the things you've been into for. Decades, right? Back. The things that you were obviously supposed to grow out of at some point. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> like grow up, yeah, get a real life, whatever. Right, or at least those things that you think will like those peaks of interest will dull a little bit. No, yeah, they'll be cool, and they're but you'll right. get excited about it. Maybe right, so. right, right, for sure. But you're, yeah. you're like in the whole idea that it's like, oh man, like. Probably like ten people would care about this. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> but singer, I do. I am one of them. The singer for Hard Stance friend requested you. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, yeah. and the thing is, like, everybody that I know mostly from Orange County knows right. him, and like, just a guy. Yeah, but yeah, to yeah. me, it's like the guy I've never met that sang and did all these. Right, right, right. Records. We've traveled in the same circles forever, but yeah. I don't know him. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's exactly what it is. Um, so, were you, uh, you know, going back to the very beginning? Born and raised, like, in the Orange County area, or, like, L.A. LA County area? No, well, uh, northern L.A. County. uh, I grew up in Santa Clarita Valley. Okay. And, like, from 0 to 17, same house, same area. Yeah, that was pretty much it. I grew up, like, I went to the same school, grade school, all six grades, junior high. Like, all of my schooling was very... Yeah, your parents weren't moving around. Yeah, I wasn't moving around. There was no divorce. There was no trading off or anything. What What was your family structure like? Uh, it was very, to me, it was very middle America. Mm-hmm. It was very, like, dad worked all day. Mom, you know, helped with, you know, Little League baseball teams. Yeah, and, yeah. and, like, my mom became the president of Little League baseball at one time. Really? And was like, yeah, and she was like, <laughs> my mom was the president of Little League baseball. Wow. And, uh, she was just always, like, might not have had jobs, but was very active and very go-getting and sure. TAs and doing all those things. And uh, Did you have brothers and sisters? Or yeah, I had two okay. of the brothers okay. who were in Little League, and I was in Little League, and it was kind of like the, yeah, they did it, and I'm supposed to do it, and I'm supposed to be interested, but I'd rather do BMX. Right. You know, it's like, I'm going to go do some cross-ups, and, right. like, they can practice baseball. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, my interests, like, they still like baseball. I... I might go to a game with friends, right, right. but I couldn't watch baseball. Well, it's, I mean, it's it, it, obviously it sounds like it's two, where it's like obviously both your brothers did it, and it was like such a part of the family's culture that it was you're yeah. kind of like, well, I don't know, maybe I want to do something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not a, like an eight, like oh, I'm not doing this baseball crap. Right, I'm right, going right. to do something else. It's like oh, I'm a kid, baseball, it's a game. I'll we'll, try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what it's, see what's up with it. Yeah, and so, but through them, luckily, uh, my oldest brother was into like what is now classic rock. Uh-huh. Then it was contemporary, it was right, right. current music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, my my middle brother, our middle brother, yeah. uh, was more into like heavy metal. Okay, like, that was like he was in the like Kiss and ACDC and all okay. that stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm sticking with you. Like, right, you, right, I like what you're doing, but it's a little crazier. Right. And then the more I got into metal, I got more into obscure metal and then like thrash metal. And it's like, like you, was, you, you dove deeper than your brother. Right, right, right exactly. Right, right. And I was like 12 or 13 and I started a metal zine and I'm like, music is my thing. Like, this is really... This you is know, what I'm attaching yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was so young and yeah. I was going to like shows at like... 12, 13, 14, like going to right. the Troubadour and the Country Club and going to all these places that after the fact started doing, mostly started doing hardcore shows right, and right, doing right. different things. Uh, what did your, uh, what did your dad do for a living? He, he worked for ITT Gilfillan. He designed radars. 
Wow. Yeah, and that's pretty intense. Yeah, I, and, I, I could see why he would be absent a lot because that's an intense job. <laughs> right, right. And he would uh, he would go on like business trips sometimes, but he was usually home every night. That's cool. And uh, but like we would go to the like bring your family to the job, and like we oh, would yeah. go to his place at Van Nuys, uh-huh. and then we'd go to like a battleship, and like we'd oh there's the radar and yeah. it's on the battleship, and there it is, and there's a helicopter gonna <laughs> land, and everyone take a picture, and right. Uh, it was stuff that just blew my mind on a weird level. Right. Uh, and he was like, you know, six, I graduated on 17, and he's like, well, what college are you going to go to? And I'm like, are you kidding me? College? Dude, this music thing's like, that's what I'm... This is the ticket. Yeah, I'm cut out for this stuff. Like, right. You know, like, and this was uh, right before I started the label, so I was just starting to get into bands that actually had song structure. Like, right, oh, right. we're going to do this four times. Then we're going to do this four times. Then we're going to go back to that first part four times. And like I was like, wow, like music is starting to... We can actually create something. Yeah. Like it's this... not the worst thing ever. Right. right. We're not having the neighbors just come over and like, what are you doing, killing a cat in here? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... And so like, you're, you're to, not, not to fast forward too far, mm-hmm. but the so, the... so as you started to kind of enter high school and like your formative years and everything... Um, so you were like, by that time you were full on like metalhead, like long hair and everything. Oh yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. Was, that was, yeah. That, that was your reality. Yeah. Yeah. I was Slayer and like all the bands that were playing the country club mm-hmm. and I started to shy away from the arena rock stuff okay. and be the stuff that you could be face to face with. Got it. And I think that's what kind of, when I transi- transitioned into hardcore, uh-huh. it was kind of like, that's what drove me is right. the... You're looking for the more intimate right. experience. Right, not so much the seats and the balcony as if you can be right. against the stage and right near. So I think like I was appealing more to the underground side of music mm-hmm. and flyers on telephone poles and like the, the kind of the subculture that even heavy metal had at the time. Right, right. Of like zines and things were like even... They were there was something tangible that you could do that could directly relate to this music. Right, exactly. Right. It wasn't just like, you know, I would go to one concert every six months. Yeah, right. yeah. it wasn't something you see an ad in the paper for and then you right. go attend right. that concert and you don't have any kind of connection to it. Yeah, like BMX was obviously, like, so you were doing that as you were kind of getting into metal and like that was like... Yeah, yeah, it was all kind of like that sense of growing up and... Uh, uh, and I couldn't, you know, when I was in high school, like, I couldn't play. Like, I was barely learning how to play bass. Okay. Like, I went and I, I took some guitar lessons. Uh-huh. And I just got to a weird point where, like, I'm, I can't learn Mary Had a Little Lamb anymore. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, the guy that was teaching me had, like, a kind of a Beatles haircut. And he right. had this, like, hollow body guitar. And I'm like, that's not where I want to be. Like, I've right. got to go around this and, like, figure out what to do. Right. So uh, I knew a guy in high school named Paul who ended up being the guitar player for Free Will. Okay. And he was into Nardcore. He was into what was going on in Orange County. Okay. He was where I wanted to be already. Right. And uh, he was totally... What, what, what appealed... Like, you just... I mean, because obviously, like you said, you were, you know, fully entrenched into metal. Like, what was, it, what was appealing about that, like, to you? Where it's like... Oh, this is something that like looks interesting, or is it just well, like I was I was making the transition from like uh-huh. German thrash metal and sure. like Anthrax and Slayer, so I already was into stuff that was crazier, and right. I'm like, well, I'm seeing something that's got this positive kind of feel to it, uh, okay, and it was it. immediately attractive. Got it, got it. And he was like, dude, you got to listen to Screaming for Change, you got to yeah. listen to some aggression, you got to like, and I was just immediately like, right, it was like lights on. Right. That's where I'm going. Right. And uh, so he turned me on to, like, everything that I listen to today. Still, right, right, you know? right, right, And uh, I was really fixated on him as a guitar player. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, he was doing a band at the time with members that were coming in and out. Uh-huh. And I'm like, hey, 
you got a bass player now, dude. Like, let's yeah, let's do. I'm this. hitching my wagon to you, <laughs> right? Exactly. And uh, we we played a high school party in 1987, uh-huh. and it was filled with way more people than we expected. Right. Police helicopters, cop oh, cars. Like it was like it wasn't everything you wished for. Right. But it was a crazy attention that you were like thrown in the middle. Of. Right. Right. So now, like, we were the guys in high school that had a band that right. played parties. That got crazy, like, right. and and our songs were. We had these riffs and parts that were very structured. Okay, four, 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 sure. four, and you're done. And the lyrics were all improv. So we had a friend of ours named Matt who was just <laughs> he could talk about that chair over there right. while singing a hardcore style. Yeah, yeah. And nobody just knows nail the it. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Right. And. Uh, it was just one what did, did did the entity have a name? Like so, this was like your first official band, you right? Ever played. Yeah, this was a band Paul had started called Absence of Reality. Okay, and it was that's pretty. It's pretty good for a, yeah for a high school band. <laughs> yeah, 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 I like that. So it was uh, then later morphed into Absent Reality, which and I was like, you can't do two initials. You got to go back to three initials. Like it's so we had this kind of like you know balance the, issue, yeah, like a shift in yeah. like well, I don't yeah. know if we need to change this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't shorten it. Every time we played these songs, the lyrics were always different. Okay. But it always sounded good. Awesome, and we yeah. had, like, the riffs were always the same. We got a comfort in playing these songs. Uh-huh. And um, so in 1987, I moved to Big Bear. Oh, okay. And in that, Paul why, and I... Why did you guys move to Big Bear? My parents retired. Oh, And so they okay. were like, hey... This is a per... Yeah. Right. We can either go to Palm Springs, <laughs> yeah. or we can go to Big Bear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, or you could stay... You know, if right. you can find an apartment somewhere, I'm like 17, just right out of my high school. I'm like, yeah, I've got zero dollars right. and, and a record habit where I just spend all my money on stuff. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not affording any apartment. <laughs> so I figured out, well, it's two and a half hours of Big Bear and back. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, we had set up, uh, there was like an escrow closing. So my parents were kind of gone all summer okay. at the new house. So we had their house. Oh, wow. And so I was like, hey, well, we're getting ready to close the escrow. Let's play a show here. The whole house was empty. So it was like, well, yeah, what can we what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. They've already bought the house. Like, what can we do? We're out of here. Wreck the drywall. And right. So, uh, so we, I'm pretty sure there were flyers. And this was the first show that was going to be free will. Okay. It was like it was Paul and I and and Matt was still singing I'm pretty sure and mm-hmm. our drummer no showed. Okay. So we played with vocals and guitar and bass and people didn't care like it was <laughs> as if there was a drummer and we were playing a show. That's incredible. Well, yeah. I guess we'll do this we're here. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Plugged in. One of the mo- one of the most important parts of a band. <laughs> we can maybe not play without a bassist, but a drummer. <laughs> Whatever. We'll do it. Exactly. That's exactly. incredible. So, uh, so after that, I was just like, no, we're not messing. Like, that guy's gone. Yeah. Like, okay, and we're, <laughs> we've got to make this thing serious. And so I had found, in the meantime, from doing the heavy metal fanzine, right. I had started a fanzine about hardcore and skateboarding. So through, hard, through that zine... And what, what, what appealed to you about zine culture? Because that's obviously, set, like, it, I mean, recently it's obviously making a resurgence, obviously online, but like, rather than playing in a band immediately, you're like, I just need to do the zine. Like, what, what I, hooked you with that? I think... Because uh, it's not easy, obviously. No, no, no. <laughs> and it's... And back then with copies and stuff, it definitely wasn't quality. No. 
I think it was just to be a part of that culture that was communicating. Got it. And I, I think somehow I thought I was a music critic. Like, I thought oh, I know okay. what's good. Sure, sure. And I need to inform people what's good. Right, right, right. Not to let them, not on the Not basis. from like a preachy standpoint, but just, yeah. Right, right. My, I found some great shit. You should listen to this. Right, right. right. And so, uh, you know, and through, through that mm-hmm. uh, era of doing the two different zines and two different genres, I had such an insane experience with like going to shows and meeting people and doing interviews. I interviewed King Diamond for three hours once. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small, like, man, that parking space, it's always taken. And I wish that I would be able to like get it instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like, the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Ray. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time you name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store, clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. And I was I was probably 13. <laughs> and he was probably doing that interview being like, how old yeah, are you? Yeah, exactly. The editor's coming here to do the Oh, okay, he's get, the editor's coming the to edit- do the interview himself. And I walk in with my... You know, right. long hair. And, I love uh, the fa- I love the fact that you like you had the wherewithal to label yourself as an editor to be like, oh yeah, this is going to sound way more legitimate. That's <laughs> incredible. Well, and of course, our our <laughs> credits were filled with names we'd put in there to make it look like we had some right. contributors, we had writers, we had a staff. Right. But uh, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I actually had gotten a letter from his label that said, oh, he's going to be in town. We're setting right. up interviews, and I. Yeah, they're going to give me an interview. And I called and I got an interview. And the two following interviews didn't show up. So I was just, really just, just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of like, you used to play pro soccer. Let's talk about that. And right. and he was like, oh my gosh, like, you know that I played soccer? And he just went yeah, yeah. on and on. And, and it was just insane. Right. Like, you know, and if I had a cell phone at the time, I would have taken a picture. But <laughs> of course, of me, course. I, yeah. I didn't plan for that. Right, right, right. Um, but long story short, uh, I think it was just that fact that. I thought, and as a lot of people do, like I've got an opinion about music that not only do I think my opinion's right in a way, but yeah. I love this band. Right. And like I would go see shows where five people showed up, and I'd write right. a thing and say, "How could? How come there weren't two hundred people? Like this is right. a band that need that needs can, to be heard. Who right, cares right, if it right. was a Tuesday night at the Troubadour? People should have been there. Right, you know? right, right, right. Um, well, it's it's funny. It's funny you say that because that's obviously like that's such mm-hmm. an instinctual part of you, and that obviously has dictated like what you've done. Throughout your, I mean, from the record label and stuff like that. That's just like, like these bands need to be heard. Right, oh, put out their records. Right, exactly. Like, and and that's how when I started the label, I'm like, wow, this band has recorded stuff that no one's ever put out. Yeah, I like this band. Right, they've done things that I can totally respect and appreciate. I'm going to start a label somehow. Right, and I'm right. going to figure out how to press. And you records. did you you did that up while like while you were in Big Bear, right? Like that right. was the yeah, that all started up there. Um, there was just there were magazines at the time that had lots of well, there were more pressing plants in California, right? But they would have thousand seven inches for thirteen hundred bucks. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's you right. know, like I those, remember those, yeah, those, those package ads. deals. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I called a company and uh, I said, "Hey, what's lacquer mastering?" Mm-hmm. And they go, "Yeah, you don't need to know." Like that's just a process, you know. Just you just send in your check, and I was like, "Oh, really? Bye." Right. And then, like the next pressing plant I called was like, "Yeah," gave me all the answers I needed. And I'm uh-huh. like, "So I just send you a reel? Okay, right. I have to go to the studio and get a reel. Okay, it's a mixed down reel. Okay, and I have to send it in to you." And uh, I love that. It's awesome that like you had the courage to just be like, "Like I don't know anything. Can you tell me how to do this?" Right. Yeah. And, and it was like that clerk could have been like <laughs> sent you in a whole different direction if they were like every place you called was just like shut up, little kid. Like yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And exactly. And if <laughs> being the fact is like having dealing with dealing with stuff now, I'm like God. Like those kids sometimes call me and go, "How do I press a record?" Right. And right. You know, it's like. Wow, it's a real weird turnaround. Yeah, yeah, for the sure. The process continues. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I need to pass on this information. <laughs> uh, and so, you're like you were mentioning when you were graduating high school, like you know, did you care about it? Like, did you care about the studies? Did you care? Like, were you like, I know that I'm not going to go to college, so I'm just going to exist. Well, uh, without saying so much, yeah. yeah. I mean, because it, it was kind of like, dude, I'm just breezing. How much? How right. Until we're out of here, like <laughs> right. I really got plans, and I got to right. figure something out. Right. And, uh, yeah, because my last year of high school, 
I had eight classes just to pass because I was like breezing by. All right, stuff. right, right. And uh, yeah, I had a class before school. I had a class at lunch. Like I had like, <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. if you want the credits, like this is you your last chance. You gotta do this, right, right. And so uh, yeah, like I barely squeezed by. And were your were your parent like where were your parents at as far as like how they were reacting to you getting into this stuff that they obviously had no context for? Uh, Remarkably supportive. Really? Okay. Yeah, which, uh, you know, they would let me go out with my brother who was 16 or 17 at the time. I guess, yeah, I guess if they were like, you know, yeah. they felt that you both were together. It was, right. Yeah, yeah and, and they trusted him and he was responsible mm-hmm. and we would go to Hollywood on a, yeah. <laughs> on a on Thursday a night, night. Wow. yeah, to go see whatever band. Yeah. I look back at, at it now and I'm like, God, the support was insane. Right. Like, I mean, really... Even the acknowledgement to let you do something. It right. wasn't like they didn't care and I could run around and do whatever I wanted. Like, I had to get permission to go. Right, right, right. And I had to be back There was a structure you had to work yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And I knew that if I got outside of that structure that there'd be uh, repercussions privilege, right. for it. Privileges would be revoked. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it wasn't like I'd given my parents the finger, I'm going to do what I want. Like, no, right. I was in a position where I respected my parents and yeah. it was mutual. And that's why I think it's so funny where it's just like, you see, um, it's like, cause I had this, I had a similar experience. Like my mom definitely like didn't, you know, check in on me. Like she knew, even though I'm, I'm like only child and like, I just showed her that I was responsible. Right. And that, like that bought me so much time yeah. and freedom. And it's like, you, <clears throat> you look at kids that go through that time of like, you know, when they're 14, 15 years old and they start having that aggression towards their parents where it's just like, right. your life's going to be hard because you're doing that. Like, you can back, scale back a little bit right? and I, you'd probably be able to do more things you enjoy. Totally, totally. <laughs> and now raising a 13 and a half year old, right. uh, I'm very in tune or trying to be, Try to be yeah, with yeah. what's going on. Right, you know? right, right. And like, right. she'll, if there's ever like an outside influence that's bad or something and I see that there's something that's in her, yeah. you know, vicinity of being bad... I just tell her, hey, life will change. <laughs> right. Things like, you know, whatever right. you're thinking about or hearing about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Being, if stuff goes yeah, down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Life changes in a flash. Right, like, right, Your right. situation completely changes. I, li- you know? I, I, like, how, I like how you phrase that. Like, yeah. your, your life can change. Yeah, because a lot of times I'll go, hey, things aren't really that. Like, she'll go, oh, this is bad or that's bad. I go, come on. Right. What's Let's, really so bad? Right. There's something that you don't understand right now. It's called perspective. Right. You won't get that until you're later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's still dawning on me at this right. point. Exactly. So. Yeah. You, you won't have the full perspective until you're like 70, 75. But, <laughs> exactly. Um, the uh, new age was such a, um, I mean, it's like, I remember like when I first started to buy records and it was like, it was so, it, you know, it was like a starter kit where it was like right. so pervasive to be like, okay, like in order to be a part of this sort of Southern California hardcore ecosystem. Uh-huh. And I mean, obviously even more on a global perspective too, but it was like, you had to get these records, you know, you had to get Life Love Regret, you had to get, you know, suppression. So all, all these uh-huh. other things that you were doing. And so, I mean, I'm sure at the time it was uh, like, you were just kind of putting one foot in front of the other where it was just like, because right. it was growing so rapidly. And yeah, crazily, I'm and sure. It, yeah, and it was still the kid who thought he knew people needed to hear these bands. Right. I mean, that's that's all it's ever been, luckily. Um, because through through the years, I had like, hey, so and so's got this record. They uh-huh. want to release, you know, two of the songs on a seven inch through you. Right. And it was something that was on a huger label, and I'd be like, I wouldn't listen to this. Like, I don't think this band is necessarily good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, not that I've got to protect my fan base, but oh, like, right. but like, I <laughs> yeah. listen to the bands I put out. Right. I like them. I, I need was... to legitimately enjoy this. Right, right, right. And I couldn't put out something because 
it's going to sell twice as many. Business-minded, you could tell I didn't. You know, right. <laughs> as yeah, I stumbled yeah. into 1999 and 98, right. like, things have definitely changed. And, of course. You know, I wasn't business-minded about many things. Right. So, well, you, you have to look at, like, I always look at it from the perspective where it's just like, you know, when people start to, you know, do the things like, you know, Revelation and obviously what mm -hmm. you were doing where it was like, clearly there was no template. Like, right, you weren't. You were literally figuring it out as you were going. Right, like, and it's like the idea of like, paying royalties and like all these yeah. things. Where it's just like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, where do I like? I'm good at making that record cover look shiny. Right, you know, like I, you know, the whole business side and collecting from distributors and stuff. You know, when you mentioned earlier, is like, yeah, there was no set guideline about pressing records. It's right, like, I didn't know anybody that had <laughs> run a label. Right, you know, and other people that I met running labels had started around my time, uh -huh. or you know, were just on different levels to where there was no sit down, there was no commission of record labels where right. you know, like where would be pretty amazing if everyone sat down and talked about their issues or their problems or like hey is that distributor not paying you well hey let's put some leverage on like imagine right. if people had come together and been like hey so and so owes you money let's you know totally and, I, and trust me I had a few friends along the way that did do that sure sure you know like oh so and so's not paying you yeah I'm not going to ship to him right. and then I'd get a check unfortunately that didn't happen with people that owed me Twenty and thirty. Right, right, dollars. exactly. Yeah, a lot <laughs> but, of money. Right, but, right. Yeah, right. I had, uh, yeah, I had significant debt in late nineties that was just crippling. Right, you right. know, and it's like, okay, the power just got shut off. I'm moving everything into a one bedroom apartment, right. and life is going to change. Right, and uh, that's really. I mean, I th there's no choice but to turn this corner because like it's not sustainable. Right, 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 right. right, right. Yeah, I had a year where there was significant debt way too much stock out and right. bands crashing along the side where it was like right like I, I this I can't continue to do this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and and right. definitely one of my faults was being a guy that was in a band and doing a label right because as the band guy I can sympathize with these bands doing stuff yeah 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 it's hard to be a businessman when you're busy sympathizing with right you guys broke down on tour and had to spend all the merch on a new transmission right what do I do right you're in that spot to where right no I like I've been there yeah I understand that right like, I'm friends with you yeah 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 and, you, like, and that, that's that's the one thing that I've always like in watching you know in watching what you've experienced and like what the label has done where it's always struck me the most difficult thing that you do is being in business with your friends and being absolutely. able to like maintain that either friendship or professionalism over a long period of time especially when you're that age right it's it's easier when you grow older because it's yeah. like you know. I can be a dick to you during the workday, right? And we'll get our job done because we're yeah, adults, right? But yeah, when you're younger like that and like you're in the middle of it, it's almost impossible to like have oh yeah that yeah. work with work with your friends on that perspective. Yeah, and it's it's funny because I've heard the the same scenarios from so many different people because sure. out of this music scene, so many businesses have formed with screen printing or merchandise, like. The different things that, like, oh, we started this company. Well, we're going to hire some buddies. Well, that didn't go very good. Right, or sometimes right. it does. Right. But, uh, I mean, when it came down to when we actually hired a salesperson. Right. It was a guy we knew. Of course. Who had no background in sales. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And it was like, what are you going to do? Like, right. if I'd gone to college and, like, hey, I took some business classes. Right. Well, A, I was punk rock and hardcore. Right. Business, yeah, yeah. Who needs that? Like we're doing it. Our I'm going way. on instinct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My gut. Yeah, like I'm gonna try to sell records for six bucks. We're not gonna shrink wrap them because shrink wrap destroys yeah. the. You know, like we had so many agendas that it was it was hard to say, 
we need a business mold. We need some kind of a form that we right. stick to in a way. Right, right. And so as you know, and it's funny too because I heard of so many stories along the way of like, oh yeah, so and so they don't they don't hire hardcore kids. What? Like, how could that be? Like, yeah. yeah, they're looking for salespeople with experience in sales. What? I can't even believe that. Like, they should be hiring guys that know this stuff, who right. love this stuff. And there's a compromise somewhere. Of course. But the thing, uh, you know, I had heard that, like, there were job postings for record labels that were like, we want an accountant that has a degree and da 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 Right, right. What? Like wow! Like, yeah, it that just was... didn't, it didn't compute because that's what, yeah. where you that's not where you were coming from. Exactly, what you were doing exactly. And if I had come from that, chances are things would be <laughs> right. Right. New, yeah. New, new age would be in a different light at this point in right. 2013. Right. Right. Um, obviously, as like you know, uh, you were doing free will and everything like that. And outspoken was so uh, interesting for me to reflect on. Like, obviously, never seeing you until you know you did reunion shows and everything mm-hmm. like that because it was like. To me, Outspoken was one of the bands that was uh, not afraid to obviously like talk about emotions. Like you know, you were taking lyrical content that was not the you know traditional sort of eighty-eight hardcore, right? And right. it was like, and I, I presume that was a very distinct focus of the band, like from the get-go. Well, it was interesting because early '90s was such a time where let's talk about animal rights. Let's talk right. about, I mean, the late eighties into, mm-hmm. you know, of course, late eighties into right. the nineties. Uh, in the nineties, it was fairly safe. Yeah. Like you could kind of like, you were preaching to the choir in a way, right. but like every, the whole scene was making adaptations right. to mm-hmm. new ideas and, you know, freer thinking and breaking a lot of molds and stuff. But when, you know, songs came up about, against homophobia right. and things like that. Like, that's when, like, there was so much jock mentality that, like, that was a stretch. Right. You know, like, to where you were really telling people to be who they really are. Right. And it's being expressed in music this way. And nobody was quite ready for that. Not that we were the only band doing it. No, right, But right, it right. was definitely something newer. It was interesting to see how a lot of that went down. Right. I mean, and it was funny, too, because reflecting on a show that we played in 1990 in Phoenix, Arizona. Like, mm-hmm. we'd had the demo out, the 7-inch out. It was interesting to go into a place, Phoenix, Arizona, that was riddled with Nazis. Like sure. Just, and, like, out here, like, they'd been run off and beaten up. Right, I right. mean, really, they'd, they yeah. had to find some... They'd been dispersed. Right, right exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mid-80s, totally different. Like, there <laughs> right. was... It was a war zone. Right. But early 90s like those guys were gone mm-hmm. it was just such a rarity right and so to go into an area that had a sm- much smaller scene where a lot of those scenes fed off each other and punk bands would play with hardcore bands and there'd be a metal band or something right where early 90s like a lot of that crossover stuff had been pushed into its own little corner sure but the show in phoenix uh we had a song against racism and at the club if you looked out it was filled with obvious nazi skinheads 90%. Right, right, right. There was, there was the guys in Undertow. Uh-huh. There was 90% skinheads. There was a few people that will go under some other category. <laughs> right. And, uh, and us on stage. Right. And one of the greatest things John ever said mm-hmm. is this goes out to all you Nazi motherfuckers. Uh-huh. And we didn't start playing that song. The stage was rushed. There were 25 guys jumped up on stage. Right. It was an immediate uh, right. panic situation. Of course, of course. Because it was like... It well, was you were a, outnumbered, clearly. Yeah, it yeah. was a very independent club. Right. And that had, you know, it was... Uh, one, one security guard at the front door. Yeah, right, right. I mean, 
if they had any sort of licensing or permits, I'd be shocked. Yeah, yeah. But John never backed down from that statement. Uh Uh-huh. And... Strangely enough, the people that jumped in between us mm-hmm. and the Nazis were other Nazis because the club was run by Nazis. Oh, there you go. And they might be Nazis, but they were hired as security. Right. So they kept, They had an agenda. They right, kept right. their buddies away from us. Uh-huh. Which is mind-blowing in itself that they didn't just go, hey, we're off the clock, let's Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it was just one of those... Standing up, yeah, Yeah, it was one of those instances where, like, we're here, Mm -hmm. we're in your world, and we're going to still say what we came to say. Right, right, and it's 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 tough to have the perspective where it's just like you know now it's like you know most most bands can you know critique basically anything on stage, Mm. um, and for the most part, you know, like people aren't going to interact with that. Right, they'll they'll be like, oh, like yeah, like you know, that's cool, a clap or you know whatever. But it's like. Yeah, to like you know go into the quote unquote lion's den, and to like yeah. face something like head on like that. Right. Like that's you know that, yeah, that we, was just there was no forewarning of like hey right. this place is run by. It was like hey we got you a show. We're gonna <laughs> right, right, show. right. And we were on tour and excited to be playing anywhere. And I just remember we made it to the car, uh-huh. and the security guys, you really got to get out of here. Right, like it's really it's, t- be a it's time. Right, yeah, and uh, <laughs> it was just so mind blowing because. I just remember John giggling about it. Right. Just being like, wow. Wow. Like, this that was, happens. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're driving away from this. Yeah. Not in an ambulance, right. but in our car. Right. And, yeah, we were touring in a Ford Escort with uh-huh. a car carrier on top. And we just got all of our stuff in there. I don't think we sold a shirt that right, day. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, we just drove away. And I, I mean, reflecting on it now, it's... I remember what happened, but there's, like, this majesty about it. Oh, sure. Like, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that's one of those things that just... You know, yeah, I wouldn't want it to happen again. I was just gonna say I wouldn't want it to happen again, but now knowing what I know and right and uh, well, the, the, the fact it's like <clears throat> that obviously just that's why you're involved in independent culture. Where it's right. just like the fact that you know we are playing this fringe style music, like that's one thing. But the fact that there's obviously something behind it, right, that is like meaningful, right, and not just getting on stage and playing. Well, music. And we could have easily said, "Hey, this song's called Blindly in the Blind," and just played the song. Yeah, but he dedicated it to right. the guys it was against, <laughs> right, which. I of mean, course, of it's, course. It's, it's, you can it's, only do that in your early 20s, late right, teens, whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. right. Nobody, nobody's interested in running away from that situation now. Right, right. But uh, it was just one of those things that, like, bravo. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, that was just, you know, I wish I'd said it. You know, right, it's, right. It's, it was just one of those things, like, at least I was on the winning side. Yeah, of course. Right. You were, yeah, you were, you were present, like, there was nothing, you, you know, you didn't immediately yeah. run away. As <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just, <laughs> it was magical. Yeah. <laughs> And and you've always, you've always struck me with like obviously all of your endeavors that you know you you don't just do one thing like <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> right unfortunately which which I mean I, I find that such a uh, like in, an inherent part of like what like independent DIY culture is where it's just like and it's not so much like the whole you know jack of all trades master of none oh this is exciting I want to do this too right yeah and and luckily. Hardcore is based upon, like, you can do whatever you want to do. You can take and create something out of nothing. Mm -hmm. And you can, like, there's no set rules with anything. It's not like, oh, in this heavy metal band, this guy's the guitar player, and he's going to be that guitar player for 20 years. It's like, it's easy to do projects and other things, because everyone's got the same mindset that, hey, we can run over to that studio for 25 bucks an hour, and we can write a demo, or we can make a demo, or, you know, like... On our level, it's so easy to do so many different things and be creative and be spontaneous. Right. That 
it doesn't take all this planning and all this money and right. And, well, like, what risk is there? Yeah, you don't need powers <laughs> that be. Like, especially now that, like, now the DIY culture is everywhere, mm-hmm. and bands are recording. Like, they're renting a bunch of studio gear and recording stuff in their houses and stuff. Right. But we did that however many years ago. Like, yeah. that's what we've all we've always had to get by on what we had or had access to. Right. And so, yeah, like our culture became what right. mainstream. Wanted, yeah, know? like yeah. now they don't need labels. They're doing stuff on their own, and and uh, it's it's amazing. You know, right. and technology has blown past everybody to where all this stuff is right. Amazing it, yeah, quality. It gives, it gives people creative freedom to obviously express however they want right. to express themselves, yeah. and not like you said, have barriers. There's all these barriers to entry. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time you name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store, clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hey there, all you lovely listeners. Let's dive into this latest release that is going to suck the life out of you in the best way possible. So listen up, because the Womanizer Next 3D Pleasure Air Stimulator, available from Pink Cherry, takes pleasure to a whole new dimension, literally. Imagine taking the speed and intensity of the original groundbreaking Pleasure Air technology combined with new Climax Control, so you can control even the depth of the airwaves. The 3D Pleasure Air technology offers a deeper, richer sensation that might just transport you to another universe of pleasure. The Womanizer Next 3D, available from Pink Cherry, is the only toy that allows you to take complete control of your orgasm journey with fully customizable speeds, intensities, and depths. Made from soft-touch silicone, a fully waterproof body, and smart silence technology, you can enjoy pleasure anywhere, anytime. So what are you waiting for? Ditch the doll and enjoy unparalleled pleasure from the Womanizer Next 3D, available from Pink Cherry. Visit PinkCherry.com and save an extra 20% off with code NEXT. The, um, and then basically, you know, obviously as, you know, with the end of Outspoken and Amendment 18 and everything like that, 
the Amendment 18 was always really interesting because, I mean, obviously it's like it was so unabashedly, you know, straight edge. Like right. Was, the, the, the message was clear. <laughs> um, and it was always uh, the time in which you guys were playing was inter- because that wasn't that wasn't a thing. Like people, oh, weren't, yeah. people weren't doing it. Correct. And you guys like you guys pushed hard against that. Right. I like you, you. There was like a badge of pride where you're just like. Well, yeah, this isn't, like, people aren't really doing bands like this right now. Right. And it's like, and we come from a pedigree of, like, where we've done this for <laughs> fucking years. Right. And it's so, so I always thought it was an interesting juxtaposition where it was like, you know, you were playing to much younger audiences that, you know, may have negative connotations of what straight edge is. Mm-hmm. Because it was that time where it was, right. like, just peeling away from the gangs and everything like that. Right. Um, and was it was it one of those things that, like, you guys did have that sort of, like, and not in a negative way, but like the chip on your shoulder, where it was like, we are we are approaching this with like a a venom that like we don't we just don't like what's happening right now. Uh, in a way, yeah. Um, and it basically boils down to doing what you want to do, right? And like, and for instance, it was the music that we grew up on, right? And uh, which was complete. There was no scene, real. I mean. Little bits and pieces. Right. Like, we could go to the PCH and have a great time. Of course, And right. we could play with bands just like us. Right. Uh, getting shows at the showcase or venues that were a little bigger... Right. Uh, ...was difficult. Because sure. we'd piss some people off. Right. Like, with saying what we said. And, sure. Uh, there were a lot of bands we just were a clash with musically. Sure. You know, like, oh, how, we got a show... We got on a show with AFI and, and Good Riddance. And it's like... Right. Okay. Let's we'll, see how this goes. Yeah, yeah. we'll try that crowd. Maybe that crowd will yeah. look at these old men and think that they've got something to say. Right. So we ha- like we never really fell in with anybody, and we were at an age where it's not like all our high school buddies are going to come see our band. It's yeah. like we were definitely in a position where people were off at college or done with college and started right. careers. They're not going to go to the showcase on a Tuesday. Right. You know. And so uh, the funny thing was, we weren't if you want to say successful in a way, right. or received well, was in Orange County. Mm-hmm. Well, we would go to Salt Lake City and play for 450 kids. Yeah. And out there, I don't know why, we were strangely embraced in a way. Right. So we'd make three or four trips out there a year. Sure. You know, And we would book a West Coast tour and couldn't wait to get to Salt Lake couldn't City. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. we had friends now. Right. And, and it was just a, a much more open-minded scene in a way. Sure. And I think... A lot of bands that are from bigger areas, when they get to smaller areas, they can be appreciated in a way. Yeah. Because smaller areas, your resources are so much less. Right. And You're starved for shows. Mm. Right, right, right. And especially areas where there'll be snow parts of the year where That's bands true. won't go there. Right. Like, hey, let's go there. It's, you know. Right. It's however many hours away, and let's it's, just, we'll go straight there, play a show, and come straight home. No, tell, I've always, I've always said that it's like the, you know, whatever, in the, you know, mid to late 90s, like late 90s when I was doing more tours, like, you know, when, if we were working with a quote-unquote agent and they would send us, like, you know, and I use that term very loosely. Right, right. Where it was a person who helped book you shows <laughs> and then they sent you, you know, your, your itinerary. And I just always remember being like, oh, cool, like, we're playing Philadelphia. We wouldn't be playing Philadelphia, we'd be playing a suburb, obviously. Right, right. And it was like, as we did that, it was became so much more meaningful because it was like, like you said, these are places that bands don't, play right and it was like you know nine times out of ten when you would play a major city it, the show would be okay right but then you know you travel an hour two hours outside of it and it'd be like incredible yeah and yeah. it was just like that yeah like you said well and plus you, you go into a big area like that and you're competing with every sports event right. like and hey there's only so much money people yeah, 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 have yeah. to spend on their entertainment so right 
you know, it's it's kind of like uh, is it is that did that mimic the kind of feeling like when you know when Outspoken was doing uh, you know a lot of the touring that you were doing in the early <clears throat> '90s? Like, did did it mimic that feeling where it's like you would roll up to a place and be like, they're just here to experience something because they don't get anything? No, okay. because because Outspoken only we did one West Coast tour in 1990, right? Where we hit Portland, okay, Seattle. Phoenix, Arizona. Sure. <laughs> and oh, you guys never hit the you never you never hit the East Coast. Well, we hit the East Coast, but it wasn't a oh. tour. We're going to use the word tour loosely. Right. We had done that the West Coast tour in 1990. Okay. And then because of John's job, he mm-hmm. could only get off. He was only off oh, on weekends. Certain, right. So right. he couldn't take a week and do anything. Sure. So we would load up the van, drive across country. He would fly into New Jersey. We'd play New Jersey, D.C., Syracuse, oh, and he'd fly and out, fly and we would drive all the way home. Wow. So we were driving across right. country for three shows to just drive home. Wow. And we did that three different times. Oh, so and you would have, like, you, you would obviously have to really make sure that these shows you were playing would at least cover a plane ticket. <laughs> And sometimes they didn't. And so, but I mean, you factor in gas across country, or van rental. Right. It was ridiculous. Right, you know, it, right. it made no sense, and that's why we did it then and can't do it now. Right, right, um, right, right. The demeanor at the shows was different. It was hardcore kids were there mm-hmm. to see a band they'd either heard of or heard, and definitely a different experience. Right. Like, we were playing with bands that knew us, that we were very similar to. Sure. You know, we would go to Syracuse and play with Earth Crisis, right. and the building would be full of people. Sure. And we'd play New Jersey with Mouthpiece. Because uh, the concept of touring was always, like, it didn't make sense when you were, like, you know, for me, like, 14, 15, 16 years old. Like, you know, whatever. When a band would come through and you'd see them, you'd be like, oh, they just appeared here. Right, right. There was no concept of... <laughs> like, oh, they, they drove eight hours to get here. Right. And so it's, like, the idea that it, it was an event when a band, like, you know, when Outspoken was playing New Jersey or something like that. Right. It was more of an event because they're just like, oh, these dudes, like, they're from California. Yeah, they just drove three days to be here. <laughs> right, right. Like, and it was... It, 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 you you became more cognizant of it, and you realized that something was special when right, right. it was and, coming through. And booking tours with a phone right. instead of an email. Of course. You know, I love the fact that I've got to experience that from you know late '80s to now, where you send an email and there's a website and you can look and see what's going on at a club. Right. Or hey, I got this number, and you've got to track somebody down, and maybe right. somebody's got to call you back. Um, the the third. East Coast trip we did. I think they're more trips than tours. Right. We had tried to do one with four shows. Okay. And we drove straight from Orange County to Louisville, Kentucky to play with Endpoint. Okay. And we were like, oh my gosh, we're going to play in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. Endpoint. It's great. They haven't played in a while. And we got there and the show had canceled. And the... the strange thing was, is we'd left two days earlier from here, and the show hadn't canceled, and we don't have a phone. Right. We have directions to get there, and we don't need to call and check in. No, yeah, yeah. Not that it would mean any... we got to drive there. we got to drive right. past Right, we're going there anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, we drove for two days, or whatever it was, and we got there and got out of the van, and guess what? The show's canceled. Right. You're like, hey, where is everybody? It's like, we were just in a, we were just in a 48-hour s- scrimmage to get out of here. Right. It was just like... You know, like changing drivers while the van's moving and, you know, printing shirts and throw them in the van and you drive away and you pull the shirts out and they're still warm from the dryer. <laughs> I mean, that's... Right, 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 right. That's when you become that jack-of-all-trades. Right, like, right, right. Okay, we're going to print the shirts. We're going to do all this stuff because we can. Right. And we're able to do and you, it. And it's out of necessity. Like, right. Like, how else are we going to get this done? Right, right. And we have... The ability, and we have the manpower, and we can right. we have the machinery or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I remember that was the sh- that was the trip we tried to get four shows in, and right. we only got and then you only got three. three. <laughs> we were usually able to play 
near the place we had played the time before or the right. same. You know, we played Syracuse a few times. We did Boston. We did D.C. Sure. New Jersey. And right. it, they were all... Three trips were all great Great shows, shows. Yeah, right, right, right. And the last one we did, we played New York City for the first time. Okay. And uh, it was on the current record. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really the big bash. The, right. Not that feel, we... Right. We didn't know at the time, but that was it the last It felt really good. Be. Right, right, right. Yeah. Multiple aspects of, like, what you're doing now, where obviously it's like, you know, you're involved in, like, independent wrestling culture. Uh-huh. Um, and then, like, you know, like you mentioned, you're a father. It's like, there's all, there's all these things, like, obviously so much has informed you to where you are at currently, like... What what appeals to you about like the whole independent wrestling thing? Because like this entire subculture that no one knows about until they peek in, they're like, "Oh my right. god!" Like <laughs> there's this whole thing here. Like there's a there's a whole thing. Yeah. Well, um, it comes back to the way I've transitioned into anything. Like uh-huh. as a kid growing up, everyone loves it. Well, most people yes. love wrestling. Sure. And so when I remember watching local cable shows in mm-hmm. the late '90s. This is in Van Nuys? Right. Like, you're kidding me. Yeah. I can go to these shows, and what I'm watching is crazy. Right. And it was the same feeling of when you got a flyer for Fender's Ballroom, and you said, I don't know where Long Beach is, right. but there's shows there, right. and there's all sorts of bands I've heard I gotta of. i got to figure out how to get there, right? Yeah, and at the time, getting from Santa Clarita to Fender's wasn't easy. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, but in the same way of what's appealing to you and mm-hmm. what becomes accessible right. is is how involved you want to get. Which is crazy, too, because from getting involved in a company that, that had decent budgets and was doing wrestling shows, right. and that being my first step into, this is independent wrestling, mm-hmm. well, they were way on the high scale of independent wrestling. Okay. Like lots of things were below that in right. budget. It was a pretty well-oiled machine that you were stepping into. It was like, oh, wow. Right, okay. right. And so I really appreciated that uh-huh. place we were at. But it was it was funny, though, because in 1990, I was meeting guys that were wrestling and totally into hardcore. Yeah. And it was like, dude, we can go have a conversation somewhere. And, like, there were guys that I met. There's one guy in particular that my friend Scott, who came in from Oakland to wrestle, and he was in my office, and he said, uh, what kind of hardcore bands are you into? And I said, mm. well, I'm into this and that. He goes, oh, my two favorite bands are 411 and Outspoken. <laughs> I just sat there, and I'm sw- I kind of look at him, yeah. and he's like, what? Right. I was like, did somebody put you up to this? I'm kind of right, like right. waiting. Where's the like, joke? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, what do you mean? And so we had a conversation. <laughs> That's amazing. And, uh, which is funny, because now he's gone to shows, and he's become a friend on many levels. But right. through wrestling, like I've met so many guys that are straight edge. Yeah, and so many guys that are straight edge and not into hardcore. They're just in the straight like right. they're into. I know what this thing straight edge is. Wait, there's a music scene. Did that's you? Along it, with it. I'm so. It's so funny that you like because obviously people like you and I, where we've grown up in the culture, but it's like when I do meet people that use that label mm-hmm. for themselves. But then it's like they're like so far removed. They're, oh yeah, it's like they're like mainstream. It's yeah. like you know they're the edgiest music they listen to is like Dave Matthews Band. Exactly, and I'm like. How did you find out about yeah, this? Like, yeah. you just found it online, and it's like it's mind blowing. What do you listen to? Oh, I listen to yeah. radio music, uh, right? But I know you just mentioned it straight. Is. I know it, it does. It blows my mind. Yeah. It's like I mean, it's so it's it's great that it's obviously become so mainstream that it's like that word has been taken from the scene, and it's right. everybody's right. Thing. And that's all, I mean, obviously, it's like you look at CM Punk, or it's just like yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he right. doesn't mention music. No. Which is, there's just, uh, around this whole thing, there's a whole nother level. Right, right. And who would ever think in their right mind that a straight-edge gimmick in wrestling would work work. and make a heavyweight champion that's one of the most 
prolific guys. That is totally. It's just mind blowing. No, if somebody said we've got this idea, yeah, yeah. I would have said no right. one will care ten, about ten that years idea. ago. You'd be like that. That will lose you <laughs> massive amounts of money, and that's why I am right. where I am in wrestling. Yeah, the parallels between like you know it, like independent wrestling and touring and like you know doing that whole life. Like oh, there's yeah. so much, so many similarities. Right, and it, it's it's interesting too because you book a venue, right. you make flyers. There, you got somebody's got to run the door. Right, it's. <laughs> So similar, but I'm sure there's 50 other things. It's just like, but the parallels are crazy. Yeah. Good attitudes, bad attitudes, right. guys breaking down on the way to the show. Sure. It, it, I mean, there's every aspect of what you've, if you've booked uh, a hardcore music show right. or any kind of show, you deal with yeah. everything with talent, you right. know? And basically everything falls into talent and budget and right. Right. your right. venue right. and security. And But I think the one thing that is easier about wrestling is mm-hmm. you're dealing with individuals. That's true. Like, an individual can't break up right. and not come because they got in a fight. Like, That's true. It's, it's on everyone's individual... Right. Uh, it's on their shoulders. Totally. As a, right, as opposed totally. to corralling, you know, hurting cats and five individuals. Right, and, right. <laughs> Yet, every car can break down. Right, it's, right, right. you know, hey, we can't pay you back because the van broke up. Right. Like, that part of the label side, I think, was... Just such an incredible nightmare. Like, oh, yeah. what do you mean I just spent X amount of dollars on your recording and X amount of dollars on manufacturing right. and advertising? And, and you don't feel like touring, up. yeah. Yeah, Maybe, you're, yeah, you're going to take that CD and show it to your kids and go, look what your dad did one day. Like, right. Yeah. yeah, I've got a gun to my head. Like, right. what do you mean you're not going to tour? I didn't. I didn't need to spend fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Investing in a memory for you. I could have made a down payment on a house. Yet now I've got a garage full of CDs. Right. What's the recycle rate on plastic? Yeah, it's, it's like oh, five great. cents on the ton or something. Right. Yeah. It's like that's that's great. That'll really pay off. Yeah. Like like I, like you were mentioning, you're a father. It, it's really interesting. I mean, I have a two year old, and it's like it, it, the concept of like we were not into what our parents were into. Right. That's a reality. Right. And like clearly our children are going to not be right, not be into yeah. what we're into, but it's like we're essentially involved in independent youth culture, like yeah. still. And right. we're old right. for all intent and purposes. What has your experience been growing older within this thing that we call, you know, independent music and then obviously having a child and experiencing that? Uh it's uh it, it's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean anything you can stick with and see transition over decades yeah you know there's going to be good and bad of course but to see how things progress and regress and what people think they're entitled to and the way things change with venues and you know people being at the mercy of their computer and like music becoming disposable in so many ways that now every band's got to go out with 10 t-shirts or they can't survive because they're not going to sell a cd right you know and maybe they've got vinyl maybe they don't but sure the whole way to really survive, and I don't mean even flourish, I mean to survive, right. is you've had to adapt to. Sure. Which is something like when A18 started, and as we progressed, music was going in so many different directions that didn't go yeah. the way we were going. Right. Like, we had to go where, you know, people would listen to us in a way. Right, right. You know, right. and we went to a lot of places purposely where people wouldn't listen right, to right, us. Right, right, right. You know, right. it's part of the give and take of it. but. Right. To see what my daughter's into and exposed to, it's really interesting because a lot of it falls back on like, oh, now I remember when my dad said, your music's nothing, it's going Back yeah, in our yeah. day, we had... There's so much of that because now she's into nothing but what's on the radio. Right. And what's popular. And do you, do you have to... Do you find yourself like pulling back to like... like you know, obviously everyone's just like, oh, I don't want to sound like my father. I don't want to sound like my parents. And like, that's like a common trope. Like, right, that's a, right. And it's like, do you, do you find yourself pulling back occasionally to be like, okay, like, like I, I am not going to say that because I know that that sounds like something that 
would have been said to me. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, when she plays something that's not really bad, I'll go, hey, that's better than that other thing. Right, right. You know, so I'll try to encourage her in the yeah. way to, like, you should play that more and not Right, right. You can, yeah, you can dish that a little bit, right? Yeah. But, I mean, it's funny, too. And to be 13 and being exposed to so many different kinds of music, right. is there something she thinks her friend listens to and likes it's awful and two right. weeks later she's like well now i gave it a chance and now it's great right well, it's not great yeah, yeah, yeah you know yeah. but i don't want our entire time spent together to Wait, you're be... not you're not you're not gonna be a tastemaker right. you're not gonna be like right. okay here's everything right you gotta look at this heavy metal zine from 1982 <laughs> totally there's an article when poison put out their demo yeah that you know she'll, she'll fall asleep by the first sentence right like, okay exactly. dad yeah worst thing ever right. yeah 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 what is he saying i don't understand and I'll go, hey, I'll put on Morrissey. Okay. Right, right. You know, now I got her attention. So it's like right. the things I ease her into and the things that I just know. She yeah, it's just like, no, this is this this is an insurmountable <laughs> task. I will not be able to accomplish this. Yeah. So there's definitely times where I'm like, I could make a comment now, but let's not. Yeah, let's, let's scale back on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you obviously wanting to do this and hang um, out. And it was fun for me. It was very fun for me, too. Thank you <laughs> it, it's, it's hard. It's, it's definitely hard to just kind of like trounce over so many things where it's just like oh yeah like you know they're just, especially for a person like yourself who's obviously done a lot of things so it's like yeah but I think we did a good job oh thank you very much <laughs> it's been a lot of fun so there you go Mike Hartsfield I was really uh, happy to have this conversation with him because I didn't know how he was going to feel in regards to uh, you know kind of rehashing the past because um, you know sometimes people just don't like to talk about that stuff but Mike was very open and honest and uh, it was great so, um, shout out to Tom Richfield. He is the editor of this show. Propertyofzack.com, visit them. 100wordspodcast.com, visit us. Throughout the week, I post stuff that I find online that I think you should watch, listen, view, consume, whatever. And uh, until next week, thank you very much. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. 
plus at these prices? You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.